Welcome to Jenny and Paul Sell Out, the podcast where culture matters and selling out doesn't. Welcome to episode number 28. And of course, joining me here is Jenny Benevento. Hi, Jenny. Hello, Paul. And I guess I should say I'm Paul Reesmandel, as I would say. When I, when, I, when I would do these in post, I'm one half of the sellout team. You're the other half. Uh, I'm amazed with us. <laughs> After doing this now we're do, for 28 we're doing episodes. It. It's a real, you know what people love love hearing is people bragging about themselves. <laughs> people love that. Really? When yeah. They, they love all the meta talk. They love it when people talk about their own podcasts on their podcast. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then on top of that, when they brag about it. Uh, yeah, so uh, our topic then. Uh, which we which which we arrange in advance, and I don't write it on any index cards though. Um, we were going to talk a little bit about, and this is something that I think you suggested it. Uh, I did a, about uh, you know one of the things that a running theme in many of our discussions is that you know folks should just get started and do it, whatever it is. They should they should get going and doing it, but that you know often there is a healthy trepidation, if not a fear associated, especially if it's something new. Maybe you can uh, better describe it than I have. Well, I just think like, I mean, and not to say that um, I don't get this and I'm sure you get this as well, but um, a lot of the reasons people procrastinate or um, come up with excuses to not do something are really just based in fear. And it's so it's like, you know, obviously starting is the is the hardest part of doing a project. And so um, what can we do to get over that? And uh, I partially am asking this question because I, I want to know for myself too. But I think um, everyone has ways to get over that for themselves a little bit. Um, and I think uh, talking about that is helpful. Now, Jenny, you're not someone who has ever s- struck me as afraid to get started. You know, my impression of you is that you, if you find something that seems interesting or you might like to try, your tendency is to jump in. Now, of course, I'm not inside your head and I don't know about the things that you don't <laughs> jump into, but I mean, is, is that an all accurate impression of you or are there things that, that give you more trepidation? I think it's somewhat accurate, but I think there are things that, I mean, I think everyone has their own trepidation. Like I have to call Comcast and I won't call <laughs> them and I haven't called them for like three months. And, uh, you know, there are things that I find interesting and I'm not, um, I guess I would say I'm. it's very easy for me, and I think for a lot of people, to jump wholeheartedly into things you feel like you're probably going to succeed at. Um, but I think there are other things that probably uh, I'm more reticent to do. Um, and if I looked at it, it's probably because I feel like I don't, uh, I'm not going to succeed in it. I think that's pretty universally true for most people. So... It's not procrastination in general. It's not really the the not wanting to call Comcast because, in part, it's really unpleasant and you don't want to sit on home and uh, sit on hold all that time. It, it, it's it's more of a subsection of of procrastination. And when there is something you you really would like to try or really would like to do or become good at, but it, it seems fairly monumental to take on. Is that a better way of looking at it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think, again, uh, generalizing, I think the idea that, like, maybe I'll be good at something, but maybe I won't, or maybe to become good at it, I have to do a lot of things. I mean, I think a classic example of this is buying a guitar and playing a lot of air guitar, but never actually, like, practicing your guitar, because that's sort of hard and difficult, and just wanting to imagine you're really good at it, um, because sucking for so long is, like, really, really demotivating. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all suffer from it, right? And and it's something I do, I have, and I do as well, um, because I think that often for for folks who themselves are critical thinkers, <laughs> and um, it's often harder. Um, I was kind of thinking about this earlier today, you know, so if you're already somebody who is critically minded, you know, whether it's about, you know, and, and, and in some cases you are a critic, meaning, you know, when it comes to things like literature or, you know, maybe sports or, or music, you know, you've, you've a good sense of what you like and what you don't like. And you also have this sense for like what you think is good, like not just merely to you, but you know what it takes to be good at something. Um, and it's hot, tough, right? So maybe if you're a would be guitar player and you were, you got into it in part because you admired someone like Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Van or, or Eddie Van Halen, you know, you're not going to be Eddie Van Halen the moment you pick up the guitar, you know, you're, 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 you won't even be CC DeVille probably. And I can see how sometimes it's, it's that sort of picture in a way of what you think success or being good enough looks like in your head. And the gap between that and what it means to really just start out can be part of that. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, I think first of all, the, you know, what we talk about a lot is the obvious way to get good at something is, you know, consistent, annoying little things you have to do every day to get good at it. You know, you have to play the guitar every day to get good at it. Um, But I do think that you're right in that I feel like our generation specifically, like, has had this rise of, like, the popular culture critic and the critic as, you know, like, Roger Ebert won a Pulitzer for being a critic. Like, that's, I think, no disrespect to Roger Ebert. I love Roger Ebert. But the idea that criticizing a thing is as good as making a thing is, like, a really, I think, inherent thing to this period of time is is the idea that, like, you if you know everything about music and you can just criticize other people and their their musical tastes and their playing, that is equally as good as just being able to be a virtuosic guitar player. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's great. I love I I love talking you know, criticizing whether good or bad, different art forms. But I I do feel like that critique all around you makes it hard to start out because there's not as much of a a cultural, um, you know, there's not as much cultural support for just doing a hard thing all the time until you become really awesome. Well, I mean, I don't know about the latter point. Well, I guess I, during while you're becoming while you're doing it every day, like if you play your trumpet every day and you suck every day, uh, no one's going to be like, "Good on you for doing that every day, even though you suck." You know, <laughs> like my, my band teacher did that in high in in, in like elementary <laughs> oh, school. Good. I mean, I mean, I guess as an adult, as an adult, I, I guess sure. as an adult, there's some fear of of not being awesome right out of the gate, of being exposed as like, "Oh God, look, I'm not very good at this." Right, and and it's a perception issue, obviously. But I kind of want to yes. kind of follow that thread, your first thread, the idea that it is sure. sort of at our generation, there's cultural criticism is far more common, and and I think that that's true because there's sort of this democratization of cultural criticism that happened in the last generation, in the last twenty five years, right? And and part of it happened in the academy, 
because with the rise of, of cultural studies, the academy, right, started taking seriously forms like television, popular music, uh, popular film rather than necessarily art film, and other art forms that weren't considered part of the traditional Western canon, right, that weren't high art. They were taking seriously popular art. They were taking seriously middle-brow art, which meant that all of a sudden, you know, you had scholars who were now taking something like uh, reality television seriously as an art form and and looking into what it means, um, not only sort of stereotypically looking down their nose at it as some sort of base uh, distraction, or only as a base distraction for for you know for the for the lump in, um, and that that's a relatively new phenomenon. It's only about a generation old, right? And 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 I think that 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 dovetails with then the proliferation of critique of criticism in 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 the press which i think started with i I would mark it as say like entertainment weekly which is the first mass market magazine dedicated to basically critiquing popular culture and covering popular culture in the same way that time magazine you know would have covered you know general news you know time magazine dedicated at that time maybe two three pages to to culture and you know then you had entertainment weekly treating it with some seriousness and some weight, you know, and much of, especially the early days of Entertainment Weekly. I mean, um, you know, Schindler was fluff, but some of it was, was, was well-written, you know, well-written critique of, 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 you know, on par with something that uh, Pauline Kaler or Roger Ebert might, might, might have published, right? And that happened, what, somewhere in the 90s, I guess, is when Entertainment Weekly came out. And then the internet, right, has only allowed that to, to proliferate to the extent to which, right, there's a point at which, um, someone is, you know, where everyone's a critic, right? So I, I really agree well, with that even, point. Yeah. Go ahead. And even I think, uh, like, you know, because now Entertainment Weekly isn't the only magazine that does that, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, if you're a celebrity and you go out in sweatpants one day to a... <laughs> Um, to a corner store, it's like, oh, look at how terrible their life is going. When in reality, we've all done that, right? Like, I think, and and so I, it's now every minute is you're not allowed to, mm-hmm. as a celebrity, be a normal person who sometimes doesn't look, you know, twelve out of ten. And in the same way, I think for thus mere mortals, things like you know the Facebook bragging, which we've talked about a little bit is you just sort of see no one brags about like negative things right you just see your friends kind of excelling even if that's not a really realistic uh look at their actual lives you see like all these people around you doing awesome things because that's what that platform is for you know sort of saying like i lifted 300 pounds today and you're like oh i never go to the gym so i think i mean none of these things are negative inherently, but I do think that there's this idea within us that is only now confirmed by this criticism field um, that everyone else has it figured out. Everyone else is an adult. That's something we've talked about before. Everyone else is doing way better at these things than I am. And so like, if I even start a paltry amount, like I run a mile today, well, that I, that has to now compete with my friend who's doing an ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do think that 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 that's an element, and that that ability for us to self-edit, and therefore not 
demonstrate our failures or demonstrate our uh, learning process um, because, you know, I can understand why someone wouldn't want to. Like, that that's understandable. Who wants to hear, ha-ha, you suck? You know, even even if as adults, maybe amongst our friends, that's less likely to happen, right? Um, and I'm talking about people who are out of high school and hopefully out of college. But, of course, on the internet in general, no one will hesitate <laughs> to say, ha, 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 you suck, <laughs> even if you don't, um, and, and, and in a way that you would not have heard, right? If you'd put out a, a, a shitty, you know, cassette EP uh, 17 years ago, um, and someone got it and said, oh, this guy sucks, the worst you would have happened maybe is they would have written about it in their zine, right? <laughs> that you may or may not have Yeah, seen. right, that like seven people would read. <laughs> right, maybe showed up in Maxim Rock and Roll so a few thousand people would see it, right? But the the fact, the, the opportunity for you even to hear that criticism w- w- was was pretty limited. Uh, whereas now, right, if you post it to YouTube uh, right away, LOL, you suck, um, you can see what, and, and whether or not you actually do suck, and that which is a different a different thing altogether. Right. And even if you show it to a friend, like online, then they can put it up, post it on some, you know, you break up as friends and they put it on <laughs> some terrible website. I mean, I think, I, I think there's just a greater chance to see that happen to you and your friends, that idea. So like, the, I think failure is at such a much, seems is built up to this much grander scale. And, also success is built up at this like everyone's everyone's completing a marathon and everyone's you know i i don't know why i keep saying marathon i'm not at all interested in competing a marathon um but i think it's a great example because so many people are running marathons now or you know look at this even in small things like wow my friend's a way better parent than i am or, or like look at that dinner that someone made and i just got takeout or like look at you know any any aspect of your life you're sort of you feel bad about it's so easy to feel like a failure because of like you're surrounded by only the best things that everyone else is doing but it's a perception right and we can agree on that totally that that, that it's that it's a perception and that everyone starts on something you know from the bottom it's you know in some way shape or form i mean i mean i do think that there's a, such a thing as innate talent and that you know some people start out as runners far better than i and some people have started out with musical abilities that are better than mine for, for all sorts of reasons, whether they're genetic or what you're exposed to as a child or, or all sorts of things, right? Or, you know, if you're a guitar player, maybe you just have longer fingers and it makes it easier, right? Um, but, you know, everyone had to start out with, with the plunking, had to start out with, with hacking away. Um, it's just that some folks, through, you know, a combination of grit and and uh talent and maybe all sorts of other factors that we we don't even know about yet managed to get to a point at which other people think that they're pretty good um and of course it's always important i think to reflect on on you know when we even reflect on on celebrities or well-known people in a particular field uh a lot of times when they started and they were already really good they were so different that people thought they sucked I mean, and Eddie Van Halen is is a, is a great example, or Jimi Hendrix or something, where what they did was so different from what was generally being done that there were a whole lot of people who couldn't accept it as good either, right? And so not only did they have to – so it's not like they – it's not like you were Eddie Van Halen at your first concert accomplished, <laughs> right? And maybe he was already accomplished from woodshedding, but – 
you know, what no we think is good now. No one was inviting him to play the school dance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's like Marty McFly, um, uh, you know, uh, playing the power of love. Uh, you know, it's a little too loud. Um, I mean, and there is that element as well that, that a lot of folks simply had to swallow that fear or maybe they never had it. We don't know. Um, in order to, to make that first foray, even once they had become, you know, fairly accomplished in practice. So not, not the, not the first hour of playing, but that fabled 10,000th hour that they were playing. Right. And I think there's this idea that as an adult, like, um, it's, you shouldn't release not that you shouldn't start new things, but you should be capable enough to not not suck immediately. And there's this sort of facade you have to keep up. And I think that really sucks for everyone, obviously. But now, I mean, I think probably everyone is in agreement with us that, you know, it's hard to start things. I guess my question to you would be like, how do you get over that, that idea? I mean, I think it, there's a couple of things. And I think one of the first and best questions... Uh, I ask myself is, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? And, and, and honestly ask it. So not what's the worst that's going to happen in a sort of, in a, in a flippant or, 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 um, you know, non-serious way, but really like, what is the worst that's going to happen if I put this thing out there and it's not so great or people don't like it? Um, I think really facing that because it, you know, and saying, you know, well, what will happen? Right. And then when you have an answer to really think of like, well, what does it take for that consequence to be true? So, um, let's take for an example, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I decide to write a song. Okay. Um, and, and play it and i'm 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 a very amateur musician i play a little bit i I screw around a little bit i don't consider myself particularly good but let's say i want to focus and and write a song and put it out there and i think to myself okay i mean you know at this point maybe i'd like other people to hear it so what's the worst that can happen right and so you got to kind of think well what does that mean i mean am i going to am i going to play it for other people so am i going to you know have you know say to some friends hey i've got this song would you listen to it right? Oh, what's the worst that can happen? Probably in that case, trusted friends. The worst is it going to happen to say, well, I, I don't really like it. Or they might say, oh, that's nice, you know, and not want to be, you know, critique. And maybe if you ask them for a critique, maybe they'll give you a real critique and you'll have to deal with the fact that maybe somebody else not only doesn't like it, but has some pretty good reasons why they don't like it, right? And be open to hearing, you know, some feedback. And, also open to accepting or rejecting that feedback, right? Depending on whether or not it, it jives with, with, you know, your own taste and approach, you know, and, and you take that risk and, or maybe you say, well, but then maybe, you know, I, you know, I'd like to uh, put it on YouTube because I think it's kind of a clever song and gee, wouldn't it be nice if I got more public adulation? And of course that always means taking more risk of public ridicule and you have to ask yourself, well, well what was the worst that's going to happen? Well, you know, maybe, you know, some kitties. It could be on day. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly, right? Or, or, you know, or or the musical equivalent of the uh, lightsaber kid, right? And so, you know, on the one hand, you know, mostly the most likely thing that's going to happen is you're going to get, you know, LOL, you suck, right? And then maybe you'll also get some constructive critique as well. And then, right, the worst case scenario is being on data that you're just going to become uh, a, a, a laughing stock, right? 
But it, you have to really think about it, though. I mean, how likely is it that that's going to happen? Because it's if you go on YouTube, I, I think that in the matter of minutes, you can find uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of very weird, poorly performed original and cover songs, right, that people have put up there. And yet, not all thousands of those people have been made uh, you know, whipping public whip, whipping boys, right? They're not all been publicly ridiculed or been brought on to late night shows. Um, and you know, so why would yours be so exceptionally weird or bad that it would, that you would become, you know, the international pub, public laughing stock, right? It's also, you know, I mean, there's sort of a, a mirror equivalency to, you know, what's the likelihood of you becoming, you know, the very next American Idol star as a result either. Right, I think, well, I think, that, I think the, 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 that's yeah. important to see that that the likelihood of that level of ridicule is also about as likely as 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 the mirror level of of uh, fame and 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 public adulation. And I think that real that last point is the most important part about this. The how realistic is this? And none of us, I think, are very good at judging what's realistic about you know failing at something, you know until you sort of think about it, it sounds so minor to like think about it and, and figure out how realistic it is. Um, but I think once you actually go through it, you're like, wait a second, that's kind of crazy. Cause I think when people think about all the ways something could go wrong, that could really feed someone's terrible anxiety, poor self-esteem, um, in a way that's going to make them never start doing anything. But, um, and I think if you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, a pattern of yours, that's one thing. But, uh, I think maybe at first even talking to someone you trust and being like, where is the realistic line here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, I have to do this public speaking, which I hate. Um, is it, I guess the worst thing that could happen is, you know, I could show up naked, like in a dream <laughs> or something, or, you know, I could have nothing to say, you know, I could freeze. Um, what are the realistic likelihoods of those things happening? And, um, I think well, that's that's helpful. Well, there was that. Um, my gosh, I'm trying to remember. It was it happened at the Consumer Electronics Show, so about a month and a half ago in Las Vegas, and I it was a CEO, was it, or I forget who it was, um, or celebrity. Gosh, I, we'll have to look it up. Who got up to give a presentation for Samsung? He froze on like second sentence and walked off stage. Right, and because he's relatively well known in tech circles at the very least, and I'm I'm sorry I can't remember who it is, you know. I think um, it's a great point that you can't remember who it is. <laughs> right, and so it was. <laughs> like, that guy is not getting any negative press because you're like I don't know who that guy well, was. He, he did. It was all. I mean, it was yeah. for like two days. Right, it was a meme. Okay. Yeah. And it was all over the place for like two days, and now. Right. I, I could and I could have told you who it was <laughs> within those then. two days. Right. And and so is it embarrassing? Sure. Absolutely. Is it going to follow him around for the rest of his life? Is he going to lose his job? Is he never going to get a chance to give a public presentation again? Probably not. Right. I mean, you hear about, you know, music artists who have had tantrums on stage and w walked out or who, you know, uh, have all sorts of problems and, you know, uh, and most of them go on to have another concert, another performance, even if it's on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, the benefit of this, like, critical 
world is that, you know, they'll move on to someone else's failure and or success in a minute. So I think that's great. I think, you know, if you're not on board with the no one cares philosophy of Jenny and Paul sell out, this, like, you got to get on board for this to work, Mm -hmm. I think, is that, like, really, that's the most freeing part of the fear thing is, like, and I mean, I'm not saying I accept it at all times, like, it's just something to remember, like, Mm -hmm. oh, wait, no one's going to actually care. And I think, I, I mean, I hadn't thought about Tezande in a long no. time, but I think he's a great example of this, of someone who did something that he was super earnest about, that people thought was hilarious, and he just totally embraced it. He's like, yeah, you know, that's what I do. And that's like, the, and I think that's actually why he ended up being, you know, the Diet Pepper, Dr. Pepper spokesman and going on all these shows, because he was so like, yeah, you know, some people don't like this, but this is what I do, like, which is the most epic form of failing gracefully you know what i mean as opposed to someone say like tommy Wiseau, who did who you know is the director of the room which is widely considered the worst film ever and when asked like why did you make this movie so terribly he he says oh it, it was intentionally funny which no one believes mm-hmm. and just makes him look like more of a loser you know what i mean i think like but, but he's laughing all the way to the bank you know i mean oh yeah no good for him <laughs> but that idea of putting up the front right. of like oh no 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 i'm good you know that like i have to save face thing mm-hmm. um you know it's just so much better when you're like you know i tried a thing and it didn't work out <laughs> No, I th- I think so. I-, I think that that's important, and I and I th- I think your your point to relying on people you trust as well to help you uh, sort of objectify right your fears and objectify your what you see as worst case scenarios, right? So that you can kind of take it out of your head, because and the thing that that I th- that I've come to realize is that if we could think ourselves out of our problems, nobody would have them. You know, I, and what I mean by that is, <laughs> right? I mean, you or I'm I hiring can... a guy to think of my problems for me. <laughs> exactly, it, right? But really, I mean, there's so many things where we I can think about for days. Okay, how I'm going to get started on a project and think it through and look at it from a hundred different angles, and that never gets the project started, right? And and there's something to be said for, you know, something a bit more uh, in the scientific method, meaning, well, you really won't know if it's going to work until you try it, right? And science is a bit about, well, we're going to try all sorts of things that may or may not work in the hopes that maybe one will, or if they all don't work, that's still information. And maybe looking at our lives more like experiments rather than accomplishments. Does that Because they are. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think I think that's, you know, you've you've sort of just described, first of all, the, sa- the, the same thing as, oh, I'm going to critique some people instead of doing a thing. So I'm going to think about all of the other guitarists before me who have been bad so that when I actually do pick this guitar up, which then then I will not be bad like them, which only makes the stakes higher and higher and higher. Every time you think about how you're going to do something, it just makes mm-hmm. those stakes higher because now all of a sudden you're like, well, I've thought about it for three months, so now I really got to do something, right? Um, and and I think that experimentation idea is great. I think that's, I mean, life is that experiment, right? I mean, it's what we're doing right now. I mean, so I mean, I've been spending a lot of time in the last six, eight months thinking about, reading about, talking to people about podcasting and the medium, and a lot of folks 
who I've talked to or, or, or had, you know, worked with in, in sort of, in sort of fora and, and forums and things like that would probably listen to our podcast and hand me, you know, sheets and sheets of critique, right? Whether it is the one where, uh, the audio quality isn't so good or why did you do that from a bar or you don't break up into segments, etc. You know, I, I know, I mean, I'm certain that, that, you know, if, if, that they would do so. And yet I see this as an experiment for us to see, well, what can we do with this medium? You know, and it's evolved over time in, in places and we're trying different things like the hangouts or Skype or doing it in the same room and such, because, you know, so if we have one episode, that isn't so great. We just make another one. Well, and I think uh, this is a major point I want to hit on. I think that's because you're not doing it. And I talked about this a little bit in a couple of episodes when we got angry at each other. (laughs) Because it's (laughs) we didn't get angry at each other. We just argued. But I think uh, this for me is like so like such a big thing is like when you're trying to do something for other people, like you're never going to be happy with that. Because I mean... It's great to do things for other people. I don't don't misunderstand. But if the only reason you were doing this podcast is to make people love it, like it's I think inherently probably going to drive you crazy and kind of suck because you're not defining what it's about for you. You're not doing something earnestly. You're just sort of like, well, last week I saw, you know, a poll that said people like this on podcasts, so we're going to make it this way, you know? I think the the more you have to chase an audience or chase other people to get uh, happiness with your yourself or your product, it's it's just going to be terrible. <laughs> I agree with like, you. <laughs> living yeah. for other people is failure. <laughs> and I think we should remind everyone, you're listening to uh, Jenny and Paul Sell Out. We're at episode number 28. We have the podcast where culture matters and selling out doesn't. I'm Paul Or other Spindel. people don't. And other people I'm Jenny don't. Benevento. And, yeah, exactly. You're Jenny Benevento, and uh, wow, we're uh, doing this as a live Google Hangout, but we uh, failed to turn on the Q and A machine before we got no into it. No questions today. So we no failed. Questions. It's okay. You, you, it's an experiment. You, they make you turn it on before you start the damn thing, which I think it's stupid. But uh, it's bad. Their experiment failed. Yeah. Well, and that, look at Google, right? They're full of exper. I mean, really, so many of their services are experiments, and that's what beta means. And you can criticize them sometimes because it it feels unfinished. And then there are some services like uh, um, Google Reader or something, which then are experiments, and they decide they don't they don't think it's successful, even if you like it, and then they they kill it. But uh, you know, <laughs> I I think you can kind of take that lesson. You know that that in some right. ways Google as a company compared to Apple or Microsoft. Which Microsoft doesn't seem to know when it's engaging in an experiment. No, <laughs> Apple, not at all. And Apple, in this, in, in the sort of the Jobsian sense, you know, at least promulgates the uh, uh, the appearance that it only releases successes as long as you forget about you know the G four cube and uh, mobile well, me. Even in the face of abject failure, I think Apple is like iTunes is the best. Right. service for organizing your music even though no one agrees with that <laughs> right. um yeah I, I think uh earlier you gave me a great compliment to say that you don't you don't see me as someone who fears this sort of thing and i feel like a lot of that has to do with um 
and I, I'm sure some people react the opposite way to this, but but the idea of like not caring what other people think was such like a key part of being a nerd as a kid because mm-hmm. it was like, well, I'm gonna lose anyway. Like there's there, there's no way I can be like cool because I don't play sports and I'm not, um, you know, like these people are never gonna consider me cool. So you know what? I'm just gonna read a book in the corner, <laughs> or you know, I just have to give up like what these people think of me. And I think. Um, that's probably the hardest part, and of course we're never gonna give that up entirely. But I think, and what other people think of you constructively is helpful. But the idea of of fearing that you're going to fail in front of other people, like you are, <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. another part of this to me is like just accept you are. You're gonna look like an idiot sometimes. And an adjunct is also writing your own. You know, you're you're creating your own uh, qualification for success, if, if we're even going to use that word, um, and saying, look, this is why I do it, whatever it is, whether it's play guitar, whether it's uh, paint, um, run, uh, you know, whatever the thing it is you want to do, you know, knowing why you want to do it and, and being able to articulate that to yourself, I think is important. And it's not, for me, it's not because there, there is a good reason or a bad reason. I think, though, when you understand why, it helps you figure out what a good strategy is. So, you know, if you if you want to be a musician in part because you want public adulation, right? You would like people to like your music. You would like to, you know, be on stage and get that. It's important to know that because... Um, that may mean that you would be better off perhaps playing music that is crowd pleasing, <laughs> right? Versus... Right. You should not go into an experimental band. Right. Exactly. You know, you should and... not go into a band that we identified last week. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that will be crowd pleasing. It'll just be crowd pleasing amongst a very small crowd, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree with you. You know, but... and I think that, that. You know, what what I've always found interesting in, 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 you know, when reading about the lives of some artists, especially artists who feel particular, who, who seem to, to feel very particularly wronged or, or overlooked or, 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 uh, you know, not given their due is often you see, well, but you were create you know, you were, you wanted on the one hand, create art, which is difficult and challenging. And on the other hand, you want people to love you. And, you know, I, I, I would say for myself, the objective of I want people to love me, uh, boy, that's a rough objective because there's almost nothing you can do that guarantees that, at least when it comes to, you know, large groups of people. Um, so already that's a difficult thing to achieve. And then trying to achieve it with something which is – which may, maybe might other people might find not only just challenging but assaultive, right? <laughs> right. Um, that's tough too, right? You know, you, the best you might get is, is, is tolerance, right? And, and I think tolerance is a good thing, but, uh, you know, trying to, you know, understanding that and understanding your motives and what it is you want to get, I mean, I think can help you, uh, figure out and maybe help you, you know, lower the stakes at at a well, as well, right? Yeah. I, I also think, um, on that, the other side of that coin is like, if you're keep putting something off, um, and it's something you ostensibly want to do, not like, oh, my job is forcing me to do this thing, uh, or I have to pay my taxes, which I understand why you don't want to do that, but that's something we all got to do. Um, but if it's something that it's like, I would like to learn to play guitar, for example, um, 
and you keep not doing it, I think asking the, in addition to asking, why do you want to do this? Asking like, why am I not doing this? Because, uh, you know, I'm sure you have like a bullshit answer you're going to come up with like, well, I don't really have a lot of time, which the actual, what that actually means is this is not a priority in my life, which is fine. And maybe that that's going to be the answer for five years. But I think if you ask again, a few more times, like, okay, I don't have enough time. Why don't I have enough time for this specific thing? Okay, well, because I'm valuing this other thing right now, which is a reasonable answer. But a lot of times I feel like it comes down to, well, I'm kind of freaked out, I might be bad at this thing. Yeah, or as well, I think that there's a sense for um, part of it is, well, how much time would it take? Because I think a big part of it is when we haven't done something before, we don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And and I would say that for me, probably, that has very often been operative. So, sure, there's the fear part, no doubt. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, And, you know, in the failure part, sure. Or or that it's just going to be hard, right? Which which is its own thing as well. but part of it is, yeah, you don't have a realistic sense of, well, what will it actually take? Like, how much time? And and, and probably there's a, there's a sense that we overestimate it, maybe, of what it would take to get started, rather underestimate. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I think this is like when people <laughs> buy a lot of gear for a, for a hobby. I think we've talked about this a little bit before. But, like, you know, you're, you don't actually know the gear you need until you actually do it a lot. And then you're like, okay, now I need to know. But yeah, I mean, I think whether you overestimate or underestimate, it kind of has to do with that purpose. Like if you're 42 and you want to learn to play guitar so that you can be a a very big rock star, the amount of time that's going to take, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, I mean, that's the that's asking both sides of this question. Okay, like, I would like to learn to play guitar. I've been putting it off for 30 years. Uh, <laughs> what do I actually want to do with it? Oh, well, I'd like to be a rock star <coughs> in a in a hair metal band. Okay, well, that I mean, it's not a totally un you know it c- it could happen, sir. But like then maybe I get why you're procrastinating about it now because like that's probably you're you're likely not going to happen. So so uh, I get that. But if you're like, well, I, I'm. I'd like to learn to play guitar just to see to figure out how my favorite songs are. That's probably going to take a different amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think what you said earlier figuring out what your reason for wanting to do this thing is will help figure out that amount of time and also figuring out why you keep stopping yourself from doing it will also figure out that amount of time. And again, it's the consistent everyday thing. Um sure, maybe it would require 2 hours a day to get really great, but if you do 15 minutes a day every day, which is super doable, you're going to be way better in a year than if you just not do it for for, for the year because yeah. you have to put away two hours every day. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of it, right? And I mean, sort of what I've been doing is I've been wanting to get back into producing video. And, you know, I used to do it professionally, but I had a crew for that, you know. So very often I wasn't really you know, the person managing the camera and things like that, I was more producing producer. So I was making sure things happen and I want to kind of do it. And I have a little bit of gear enough to, to do, you know, silly little projects, but I didn't, right. Because I just sort of, I think inflated in my head, the amount of time and in what, what kind of context I need, you know, it's like, Oh, well, if other people are home, is it going to be a pain in the ass? Do I need to do this? I need to do that, whatever. And, 
what I did is instead try to turn around and, and say, well, hmm, well, why don't I experiment and see what I can do? Like, you know, what I haven't even done with this, with this, uh, I have a digital camera that also shoots video. I'm like, you know, I really haven't even exploited what this would do with one light. Like, I just haven't even tried, right? You know, I've never never really done it. So why don't I just set it up and see what, you know, and I got like half an hour. Let me see what happens. I'll set up a light, put the camera on a tripod, and screw around with it. What'll happen? Like, I'm not I'm not making a video. It's not anything anyone's going to see. Let me just see what happens, right? Let me just experiment with this thing. And I think that a lot of uh, folks who who lean towards the gearhead side of it, are able to embrace that, and that's often a route in, right? It's the sort of, well, let's see what happens if we do this. So so we don't have an end in mind so much as we just want to see what happens. And then, by the way, you end up making something often. And and I I know that, I mean, that happens at least, you know, folks I know who are, who do video, that happens all the time where, and it's not always something which is going to be award-winning or something or whatever, but it might be fun or funny and that some of the, some of the funniest videos I've seen have been camera tests, <laughs> right? Because it was, okay, well, let's see how this camera works. Uh, we, we need, we need to test this anyway. So we'll throw up a couple lights and I'll write a script in three minutes and we'll do it. And it ends up being hilarious and funny and fun because you you weren't really trying to make something that was like fantastic and hysterical you were going to going to test this thing but actually needed something to test it with and i think you can any one of us can do that like say well what what would happen if i just hmm if i just uh screwed around in this scale for 5 minutes on the guitar you know yeah i mean you're never you're never going to be prepared enough you're never going to have the right equipment but if there's no audience you know? and you're not you know and maybe you're not <laughs> right. recording it right i mean there's that and and that's the thing, you know, I think there's there's enough of this unfortunate ethos that is kind of out there in the culture at large of this sort of like, well, you know, we, you know, and it's sort of, again, it, it's sort of jobsy and this sort of, we, we pursue only, only perfection, right? We only release perfection. <laughs> we, we hone this thing until it is absolutely, you know, flawless and and airtight and of course that's almost never true right you know because part of that is 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 what's your what's your criteria for judging that um instead of uh, of really embracing the grand experiment the thing that you know i mean the thing that uh you maybe didn't really set out to make what you made but it ended up that way and you know the more that i think artists and creators or athletes or whomever are honest about their experiments that went well, in addition to their experiments that did that didn't result in what they wanted, the more we understand that that uh, there's not so much predetermination, right? And things don't always take what you think they do on the plus and minus side. Sometimes they take a lot more than you thought, and sometimes they take a lot less, but you don't always know. Well, and I think everyone has this experience where they're not prepared to do something and then they have a limited amount of time to do it and it turns out awesome. Yes. Or or it turns out sucky. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but I think like it's I I wish this there's a couple of of like canonical pieces of wisdom that I feel like I wish were more prevalent for other things like the idea that when people say, you know, I'm not going to have kids for another few years, we got to have more money, we got to get settled down, and someone always tells you, you know, you're never ready to be a parent, you're never ready to have kids. It just sort of happens and so you're forced to take on that role. And I guess uh I as both people who have no interest in having children, I wish that was like more of a um statement that would work for anything like you're never ready to put out your first novel it's never going to be done Mm -hmm. someone just says it's done your editor hopefully um this project you're 
you're never going to be prepared enough until someone lays down a deadline, you're not going to do it, right? Um, I think, I wish, uh, you know, we all had sort of the Ramones idea of doing something. It's like, I don't know how to play this guitar. I do have this sweet leather jacket. So let's just try it. Let's just, I'll get five of my friends together. We can't be any worse than those right. guys. Well, and or and, and, and it's and it's and and I think that the another crucial element, you know, is and and I like it well enough. Like you know, like I'm having fun because I do think that's important that it that there there needs yes. to be some satisfaction. So I think it was sure we don't know how to we you know we we don't know how to play like the Beatles though we like what the Beatles do. We want to get back to that. Sure. But I I got these three chords and boy I really like them. They sound great <laughs> together. I am. R- I am super good at these three. Yeah, right. I mean, I, absolutely, right? I mean, it's that, And I'm going to practice them and practice them and practice them every show for 40 years. I mean, I like the and punk rock And now I am the ethos. master of these three chords. <laughs> I, I like the punk yeah. rock ethos a lot, you know, yeah. and there's yeah. a, you know, and, and, it, and it is partly also that the, the ethos of uh, perfect is the enemy of done, right? Uh, and that a lot of times it's, it's, Voltaire, in, man. it's important just to be done. And I, I, I mean that for me right now, I mean, I write a, a blog. I, I, you know, I write an article a day, most days, some days I write more and I live that I live imperfect and done because you know, the, the content machine, you know, it wants, it wants input. Right. And, and it's not always, it's not just our readers, but you know, I, I interview people and, uh, you know, I, so I, I talk with folks and I, and I do research and, let me tell you, you talk to somebody and they never see your article, they don't really want to talk to you again. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe they will, well, but but they're not, you know, yeah. they have some investment in it too. Not just merely promotion, but just it's a little disappointing if someone interviews you and then it never comes out. <laughs> yeah, and I have, I mean, I definitely feel like that's the arena in which I'm the worst at is um, the perfection procrastination. And I feel like we talked about earlier about just thinking about it and thinking about it, so never starting. But I guess for me, and I think in the situation you're talking about, it's more doing it 80% of the way done and then just thinking about it and mm-hmm. thinking about it and never putting it out. And I think that is something that, I mean, it's hard for me, like I said. I think having some trusted person, you can be like, hey, can you take two minutes and look over this thing yeah. and make sure I'm not an idiot? Uh, again, I think almost any of us, would be cool with doing that. And I think that's the other thing to ask yourself. You know, earlier we said, ask yourself, is this reasonable? Um, I think an easy way to do that is is to be like, if my friend Paul came to me and said, hey, can you look over this for three minutes and tell me if this is reasonable? Of course I would be like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you wouldn't hold your friends to that standard, why would you hold yourself to that standard? Right. And, and you know, it's fine to have your own standard and... and you know, and want it, want to hit it. Right. And, and I think that we haven't yet recorded that podcast that I wouldn't put out, but, but it could happen in, you know, or the video that I wouldn't put out, but, but also, you know, it's sometimes, you know, I put things up on Facebook because I I keep my Facebook circle relative, you know, relatively constrained to people I know and trust. And if there's someone on there who I don't really know or trust or who I come not to trust, you know, I, I take them out. Right. I, 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 you know, I either unfriend them or I, you know, basically, you know, they can't see anything I post so that, you know, maybe I have a, an arena to stretch myself a little bit and put out something that I maybe wouldn't put, wouldn't necessarily put out to the whole internet, you know, I mean, and, and yet, um, because, you know, I may or may not get feedback and that, that might be, 
feedback in and of itself rather than putting it out to the whole internet. You know, I think there's the idea that we don't have to have the world stage unless you really want it, right? You're not obligated to, even if you use YouTube, your videos don't have to be public. <laughs> there's actually an option that only people with the link can go look at your, or people who you friend on Google Plus or something. I mean, so you don't have to necessarily always put yourself out there even, you know, in, in terms of the perfection or non-perfection question. And I think if you're putting yourself out there to your friends and they're like mocking you for being in this sort of <laughs> transition state or family members, I guess, um, those people are terrible, toxic you people. Need <laughs> you yeah. need new friends. <laughs> right. I agree um, with you a lot. I, I think that has more to do with them than you. I, I mean, I feel like if you're trying to make your life better or this thing you're interested in, you're trying to get better at a thing you're interested in. Uh, even if they mock you behind your back, you know, like Paul plays me his song and I'm like, this song sucks. And maybe later on at the bar, I'll tell our other friends who listen to it, like, Hey, that was not that great, but at least he's trying. <laughs> I mean, if they're, if they're telling it to you, that's a real bad scene. And, uh, well, I mean, I mean, as long as, I mean, they're telling it to you in a way which is not exactly. intended to be helpful. Yes. Right. I mean, I think there's the part that says, well, you know, I don't, it's not really my thing. I really like this sort of thing or it's out of tune or whatever. And, right. you know, maybe you don't care, but it, to me, those are important qualities. And you ask my opinion as opposed to, oh man, oh, you're an idiot. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, yeah, I think if they're laughing at you, that's right. a bad scene. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think anyone who is, and, and you know what, that's based on their own fear. Mm-hmm. I think that's another sure. part of this is, is realizing like a lot of times you're afraid of doing something and then, you know, you're afraid of doing something because uh, of this terrible reaction. And when you get it, it's just complete confirmation for you that you suck. When in fact, a lot of times it should be complete confirmation that the other person is totally afraid <laughs> as well. Yeah. You know, I think just so much of our society, like, like I said earlier, just asking yourself like, why am I not doing this? Oh, it probably boils down to fear. Mm-hmm. I think so much of society is someone uh, who's freaked out about, being judged saying something and then someone harshly judging them because they're afraid of of the situation as well so i i think like that (laughs) knowing where they're coming from is also helpful all right so let's sum up our advice here as as it's come out be the ramones (laughs) so be the ramones (laughs) yeah be the ramones uh you know consider the worst case scenario and get get a get a trusted friend or family member to like judge your worst case scenario compare it against reality and if you fail accept it because you're gonna and it's Mm. gonna be okay and if someone laughs at you it's on them they're Mm -hmm. jerks um treat life like an experiment treat life like an experiment and in in reality probably no one's gonna care either way (laughs) because they they don't really care about you they're wrapped up in their own stuff and their own fear your friends are great they're going to help you out. But like in general, the fear you have of like, you know, again, being naked in front of a hundred people at a speech, hmm, probably not reality. Problems solved. Problem solved. <laughs> fear solved. No one be afraid anymore. Except if there's a bear chasing you because that is a realistic well, yeah, fear. Sure. There's all sorts of things <laughs> that are actually scary and actually hurtful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That I can't help you with. All right, so uh, some things we like. You got something? I don't. Uh, not yet. I do. 
I'm, I'm bringing it up. It's uh, editorially.com. Um, editorially.com. If you use something like, uh, if you use a notes function in maybe Google Drive or uh, Evernote, that might be, it's something similar. It's way prettier and plainer. I don't know if, if for me, when I actually have, have, you know, given up the fear of doing something, I find, like, the Google interface and the Evernote interface really, there's just so many options of things to do, and it's mm, real busy, mm-hmm. and I get all these alerts and stuff. Um, editorially is kind of like a notes page. It's It supports Markdown if you do Markdown. Um, it saves in the same way Evernote does, sort of, like, continually, even though it's a web page. For me, sometimes, I mean, like, having Word open kind of drags down my computer, so for me, it's it's just a great uh, thing to put notes into and carry them with you very easily on mobile devices. Cool. I'll have to check it out. I've taken yeah. – I mean, I use Evernote, um, and, and it keeps getting better. The newest version is, is even better, though I just got it, so I haven't really kicked the tires on it. But much of the time, yeah, when I just want to take down notes and such, I use a I use Byword, which is pretty much just a plain text editor because it – it yeah, just, I'm sure it's pretty similar. It, it's very lightweight. Um, it works with Dropbox. It doesn't have its own syncing capability, but um, it works with Dropbox well, so it saves to Dropbox, and I can get on well, mobile so, devices. Yeah, editorially is online only. I don't mm-hmm. think they have a, an actual app, and I actually okay. really like that aspect. And I think for me, uh, you know, sometimes I want to write out a long email to someone, and I don't want to do it in Google, mm-hmm. like on Gmail. Like that, I use it for a lot, and notes for this, of course, I use it for a lot. All right, I'll check it out. Sounds cool. I want to recommend uh, Audio Hijack Pro. <laughs> I, I, it's a tool I've, I've had for a lot of years but have really been getting a lot of use out of lately for a number of reasons. It's uh, Mac OS, and um, it's from Rogue Amoeba Software. And they make really cool tools that do exactly what they're supposed to do and not a lot else, and, and that's why I like them. Um, and Audio Hijacks does kind of what it sounds like. It records audio from your system. Um, so it can record it from any app or it records your system audio. And so right now, in fact, we're on this Hangout and I'm recording the audio locally uh, using Audio Hijack Pro. And I can actually just select only the Google Talk plugin, which is what does the audio here, so that system sounds like if I get a, like email or a Facebook thing goes plink, it doesn't turn up in my recording, which is cool. Or I, like last week, I'll have to admit, I ripped songs from uh, Spotify so that we could play them on air without getting Spotify ads. Little clips, I use Audio Hijack Pro and I could just tell it record only from from Spotify. Um, and I've used it for some video production when I needed to pull audio off of something else. If I needed to use a quote for um, making a little radio piece or something like that, it's great. Um, and it just it does exactly what it says it does, and it just works, um, which is the hallmark of good audio. It's and what's, perfect. Yeah, and and what's the thing is is that you it's cool is you just sort of you tell it to hijack, which means that it's monitoring uh, a particular app, and then when you're ready to go, you hit hit record, and it's ready to go. And it, it does it to like, you know, CD quality or MP3 or AAC or all sorts of different formats. Um, and you can also, I guess, you can also set it to record as a timer. So if there were like, I guess, some kind of internet radio show that wasn't a podcast, why, who could imagine such a thing? But uh, you could set it to record that, um, things like that. It's audio only, but it just works and um, they're not paying me anything. You could record this podcast because you had to work. 
but and couldn't listen to it before and get it before everyone else. That's right, because it'll take it'll be about eight days before you get this. And I would suggest going to Rogue Amoeba anyway, because their their mascot is adorable. <laughs> yes, it's a fine <laughs> company. Well, n- number twenty eight's in the bag. It is. Perfect is the enemy of the good, Paul. Perfect is the enemy of the done. <laughs> and we are done. Yeah, it's true, too. <laughs> Woohoo! Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Paul. <laughs>